so excited to be here with you guys tonight and so excited just to open up this word. Um, Man, Merry Christmas um, to you guys. Thank you for taking just a moment to kind of step out of everything that is the uh, craziness of today and just step into um, just a moment with Jesus. Um, Tonight we're going to be in Luke chapter 2, so if you have your Bible, you can flip there. (coughs) Man. So good. Um, so yesterday we started Luke 2. Um, it seems weird, right? Two days in a row, church. That's strange. Um, yesterday we started Luke 2, and tonight we're going to finish the story. But um, I love this story. I love Luke 2. Um, Luke 2 is like the Christmas story that everybody knows, right? It's the, it's the one that's made it famous. It's big. It's like the Charlie Brown Christmas story. It's made it into some cartoons and some books and things like that. But, man, I love um, Luke 2. Luke 2 is the only scripture we have that talks about the actual birth of Jesus. I don't know if you knew that or not. Um, Matthew talks about um, the announcement of the angels to Joseph, and we get kind of in on the back end of that after Jesus is born. Um, the, the wise men come in. That's where they come into the story. So if you read Luke 2 and you're like, no wise men, that's why they're in Matthew. Um, Mark kind of ignores um, the Christmas story. We don't get anything from Mark uh, except for uh, after Jesus is already born and starting his ministry. Luke is the one that we know, and then John talks about Jesus before or pre-Bethlehem, uh, this Jesus that is this God who is the Word and who is God and was with God and was in the beginning. And um, That's such an amazing story, but tonight we're going to kind of zoom in on Luke 2. Luke, I think, records the birth of Jesus, and you you can see that in the mission of this gospel. We read, I think, Luke 1 1 through 4 a couple times the past few weeks, but when Luke began to sit down and to write this gospel or this story, this narrative of Jesus' life, his mission was not to just write another gospel. There was already a couple that had been written, um, but to tell um, the story of Jesus from eyewitness accounts, people that were actually there and who witnessed these events. I think that's so amazing. Every story that's in Luke, somebody was there and saw it, and Luke was just writing it down for them. Um, brings amazing credibility to this word. But we see that his, his goal was not only to write these eyewitnesses' accounts, but to write them in, in an orderly sequence um, as early as he could go back to, to after the resurrection. And that's why we get the story of the birth. He's like, well, if we're going to start at the beginning, we probably ought to start at the beginning. So I'm sure he visited Mary and said, hey, how'd that go down? And it made it into the Gospel of Luke, which is amazing to me. And tonight we're going to kind of skip all the stuff about Caesar Augustus and actually even Jesus being born, which happens in verse 7, and we're going to kind of start in verse 8. It says in verse 8, in the same region, the region is talking about is this region, this area of Bethlehem that Jesus had just been born in, in the area, the region of Bethlehem, of Judea, there were shepherds. Now, that's not maybe amazing uh, if you've ever heard this story, but shepherds were there because there were sheep there. This is the area that they kept the sheep for the temple sacrifice in Jerusalem. Jerusalem's about five or six miles north of Bethlehem, so we needed sheep for sacrifices, and they were close, and they were kept in the areas of the fields around Bethlehem, and because there were sheep there, there were shepherds there. Shepherds are just people who watch sheep, by the way, if you didn't know that. A uh, little history today. Um, shepherds were staying out in the fields and keeping watch 
at night over their flocks. Now, this is a um, pretty good thing if you're a shepherd. This is your job. You're supposed to be there and to watch sheep, and that's what they're doing. So these are good shepherds, right? They're doing their job. They're out in the fields. They're watching their sheep. Nothing unusual in the story <coughs> until verse 9. And in verse 9, it says, Then an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. So we went from, hey, there are shepherds in a place where shepherds should be, and there are sheep because they're shepherds, and the shepherds are doing what the shepherds are supposed to be doing. A very normal story to just in one verse, a very abnormal story. Because in verse 9, an angel of the Lord shows up. Not just a regular old angel, but like an angel of the Lord. He's got a purpose and a mission. And then the glory of the Lord shone around them. Now, this is not something that happens very often. I think if you've maybe only encountered Matthew, Mark, Luke, John in the Christmas story kind of section, you think everybody gets an angel. There's popping up everywhere all through the Bible, and that's really not true. It's pretty unusual that there's an angel And it would definitely be unusual that these angels would show up to a shepherd. And the shepherds saw the angel, and they saw the glory of the Lord, and they did the thing that makes a lot of sense, actually. They were terrified. Some of us maybe hear that, and we're like, I I think that'd be pretty cool, right? Like, if we just were standing in church, and, like, an angel showed up, and the glory of the Lord showed up. Like, that's kind of the worship service I want to be in. That sounds pretty amazing. But every time we see an angel in the Bible, they're usually telling somebody to get up off the ground and to not be afraid. And when they're not doing that, they're doing something else. Um, I don't know if you've read the story in 2 Kings, but there's actually an angel who kills 185,000 Assyrian warriors. There's a reason to be scared of this angel. It's not like the, we've seen too many Christmas plays, this little cute girl in the little robe with the little, I don't know what those things are called, but sparkly halo things, um, pop cleaner halos, that's what I was looking for. Um, we've seen too many of those, and we don't realize that maybe that's not what angels look like. So this angel shows up, and the glory of the Lord shows up, and these guys are terrified, like most of us would be. The problem is uh, they're terrified because um, they're shepherds. They're shepherds. Now, for us, it's like shepherd, they watch sheep. That's kind of the context that we have of that. But in Israel at this time, if you were a shepherd, you were like the bottom rung social class. You were the, somebody that nobody was inviting over to the Christmas parties. You were, you were the people that people didn't even want around. Actually, to be a shepherd, you were automatically equated with being a sinner. You were untrustworthy. People wouldn't even buy things from shepherds usually because they just assumed that they were stolen because as a shepherd, they just got that rap for some reason. So to be a shepherd is to be somebody that, that, that people look at and think, man, you're dirty and, and you're a sinner. You can't, you can't come around me. But more than that, you, you can't even be made clean because you can't come before God. So these shepherds are standing out in the field, and they've heard their whole life, you're not good for anything, you're counted out, God can't do anything with you, doesn't want anything to do with you. And this angel shows up, and then the, the glory of the Lord shows up, and they think the same thing that we would be thinking if we'd heard that all our life, oh man, I am doomed. Right, like it's one of those Isaiah 6 moments where he's like, woe is me, I'm undone, I'm about to die, is what he's saying here. So these shepherds, God shows up and an angel shows up and they think automatically, I'm a sinner, I don't have a place with God, God is here. And if God's here, the reason God is here is because he's going to take me out. So they're terrified. And this is in 10, but this angel, this angel of the Lord said to them, don't be afraid. Wouldn't that be amazing? 
Angel shows up, God shows up, and then I'm on my face, and I'm like, hey, I'm about to die. And then the angel says, hey, don't be afraid. Think that'd work? He's not saying don't be afraid. He's saying you have permission to not be afraid. You don't have to be afraid is what he's saying. You don't have to be afraid. God's not here to kill you. I'm not here to take you out. You don't have to be afraid. He's inviting these guys not to be afraid to be in the presence of God. It's pretty amazing. He says, don't be afraid. For look, I proclaim to you or I tell you good news of great joy that will be for all people. The angel shows up and he's like, you don't have to be afraid. I'm here on a mission. Here's the mission. I'm here to proclaim to you. Proclaim is just a word. I think we have it back there maybe coming. Yeah. It is to announce officially or publicly something. To publicly announce or officially announce something. This angel's here on a mission and the mission is to make this announcement. What is the announcement? He says, don't be afraid. I proclaim to you good news but what is the good news the gospel right this is the, the the definition of gospel is the good news i proclaim to you good news i've come bringing the gospel is what he's saying i've come bringing you a gospel that's of great joy not just like kind of joy like a little bit of joy not like that church kind of joy where we're like yeah you know jesus is pretty cool but like this is an amazing message is what he's saying i've come to you guys today in a field to announce officially and publicly for everybody starting with you the gospel and it's going to blow your socks off is what he's saying i'm bringing you great news that is the gospel and it's going to bring you great joy but it's not just for you listen to this he says for who for all people Isn't it amazing that these are the people that are on the bottom rung of society? These are the people that, like, everybody's counting out. Like, people are like, God doesn't want you. God can't have anything to do with you. You're a sinner, and you're doomed. So you stay in the field with the sheep, you weirdo, and I'm going to be in the city. Like, these are these people, and God doesn't show up in the city, does he? And he doesn't show up in the temple. He doesn't come to proclaim this announcement officially to the religious people or the good people. He finds like the lowest people he can find and he parks it in a field in the middle of the night and he's like, hey, I've got good news for you and that good news is the gospel and it's gonna bring you great joy but I'm starting with you because I want people to know it's for all people. It's for all people, including you guys. Everybody's counting you out, but I'm starting with you because I want everybody to know anybody that'll listen can have this message. I bring to you good news of great joy for all people, and then you have this colon. I love punctuation. I'm not even an English guy, but I think it's amazing in the Bible. I don't don't like it anywhere else. I don't use it in text messages. I don't use it in emails. Like, if you ever got anything from me, it's like 700 words long, and there's not even a period at the end. Like, that's how I talk in life, and that's how I text, but... I love punctuation in the Bible, and we have a colon here, and a colon apparently is meant to separate two kind of sentences, and then it, dis- it explains the second one. There's an explanation coming. So what we know is he's come to announce officially and publicly good news of great joy for all people, colon, here's the good news, is what he's saying. Let me explain that to you. He says today, like really, like today, a Savior... Who is Messiah the Lord was born, listen to this, for you in the city of David. This is is the message that he's bringing. He's like, hey, I'm bringing to you good news of great joy for all people. I'm starting with you guys. Here's the message. I want you to know today there's a Savior that's been born. 
Today, like not today for us, but today for them. We, we have a Savior today. He's already been born. We're just here talking about this message 2,000 years later because it is such a great message that brings such great joy. But he says to these guys, I want you to know, you don't have to wait any longer. The Savior's here. Today, a Savior has been born. Let me, let me clarify about the Savior for just a second. He is the Messiah. Now, to, to these guys, like, they're, they're Jewish outcasts from religion. Like, they, they can't really hang out in the temple, and they can't really do anything other than just keep the sheep for other people to sacrifice because they're just considered too sinful. But they knew about the Messiah. And when this angel said to them, hey, there's a Savior for you today. You don't have to wait any longer. Who's Messiah the Lord? They, they would have known this is the one we've been waiting for. Like all of creation is pointing to this guy and we finally hit the moment that like everything has been building toward. This is, this is the guy we've been waiting for. Can you imagine getting this message? Like for thousands of years now, there have been people sitting around thinking God's sending a Messiah. God is sending someone to save. God is sending someone to do something amazing. And they don't get the whole grasp of what that looks like and what that is, but they're the people that get the message. Like, God waited 4,000 years about to show up in a field and to say to some shepherds, some people, everybody counted out, the Messiah is here, and I want you to know. Isn't it cool that he didn't show up in the temple and be like, hey, I just want you to know that guy that you've been reading about is here. He didn't show up in church and be like, hey, I just want you to know that guy you've been singing all the songs about is here. He showed up in the field to the lowest of the low, and he said, hey, before anybody else figures this out, I just want you and me to know today the Messiah, the Savior is here. Christ the Lord has been born today for you. Today, a Savior who is the Messiah, the Lord, was born, and he says to these guys, for you in the city of David, for you and he's not far from here that's what he's saying now imagine hearing this some of you can imagine this because you, you've been treated like you don't matter right some of you can imagine this because you've been looked over and you've been left out and you've been told like you're never getting to God nobody's ever going to care nobody's ever going to see you and some of that comes from you and some of that comes from other people there's voices in us that say nobody sees you nobody notices you nobody matters you I get that I live that sometimes but some of you have lived lives where people have just missed you over and over and over and over and over again. And, and, you've, and you feel that way. You're like, nope, nobody cares. Isn't it cool that we have a God that shows up to the people that maybe everybody else misses over and he says, I don't miss, I'm not missing you. He could have come to Jerusalem six miles down the road. But he, he, he left Jerusalem, right, and he showed up in a field to some guys who were surrounded by sheep. Nobody knew they were out there. Nobody cared what they were doing, but God did. And he showed up to these people, and he said, hey, I've got some good news for you today. I have a gospel for you today. Everybody may miss you, but I'm God, and I'm not missing you. i got the gospel for you today, and it's going to blow your socks off because I want you to know everybody else, may miss, everybody else may miss you. Maybe nobody else sees you, but God today sees you, and he's shown up to you, and here's the message for you. Today, there's a Savior. Not tomorrow, not six years down the road, not when you get everything cleaned up and you've, you know, kind of picked yourself up out of being a shepherd and made something of yourself. Not, not then. Today, 
There's a Savior for you. He's the Messiah. He's the one that all creation has been pushing towards. Let me just wrap that in a ball for you. He's the meaning of everything that exists today. Everything that's going on out there in the universe, this is the one that holds it all together, is what he's saying. This is the guy who propels all of history. Everything was created for him, through him, and by him. This is that guy. And I want you to know today, out here in the middle of the field, nobody else may care, but I want you to know today, wherever you're at in life, I want you to know today, whatever you're standing in, whatever you're living in, wherever you are, depressed, you're messed up, you're feeling like you're the lowest of the low, you're the biggest sinner, wherever you are today, I want you to know, here's the good news. That Savior was born for you. He wasn't born for them. He wasn't born for somebody else. He was born for you. It's a personal thing today. He wasn't born for just the good people. Good people can have the Savior, but he wasn't born just for the good people. And he wasn't born just for the people that have it all together. And he wasn't born just for the people that get noticed all the time, the first people to get picked for the kickball team. He wasn't born just for them today. He was born for you and you and you and you and you and everybody else. This is that Savior. And here's what he says. And he's not far from here. He is not far from here. Can you imagine hearing that? I know everybody counts you out, but there's a Savior not far from here. I know nobody notices you, but there's a Savior not far from here. Here's, here's the story, guys. You may be the biggest sinner on the planet, but there's a Savior who's not standing far away from you today. And he wasn't born for somebody else. He was born for you. That's the story of Christmas. That's what we're gathered around here today. And here are the first recipients, just in case we didn't think it was for us. God didn't show up in the temple and say, let me tell you some good news today. He showed up in the dirtiest of the dirty places, surrounded by animals and filth, to people who were sleeping outside and counted out of every part of life. And he said, even you. Actually, let me just rephrase that. He's for you, even them. And he's not far from here. He goes on and he says in 11, Today a Savior who is the Messiah, the Lord, was born for you in the city of David. 12, this will be a sign for you. Here's how you're going to know him. You're going to find a baby wrapped snugly in cloth and lying in the feeding trough. Can you imagine this part of the message? Oh man, you had me there. I thought there was really a Savior. But if God was going to send his son, he wouldn't send him to lay in a feeding trough. It seems unbelievable, right? Like this is, this is not the way that it makes sense to me. But here's the amazing thing. It's not the way that makes sense to you, but it's the way God chose. Because it doesn't matter what kind of mess we're in. Jesus is not afraid to step into that mess. He's not afraid to get down with the lowest of the low. I don't know if shepherds would have walked up into the temple, but they'll walk into a stable. That's where they live. So God put them in a place where shepherds were used to so shepherds could come in. He, we have a God here that we can relate to is what he's saying. I have, I have a God here that I can come to and I don't have to be afraid because he wasn't born in a lightning bolt in a temple. He was born in a stable where dirty people hang out just like me. It says they apparently didn't believe it because the angels kind of turned up the volume here. In 13 it says suddenly there was a multitude of heavenly hosts with the angel and they were praising God and they were saying 
Oh, a doubt. And then God's like, no, you don't, you don't get to doubt. And he turns every, all heaven on for them for just a minute. And they start singing this song, glory to God in the highest and peace on earth to people he favors. Glory to God in the highest. The glory of God uh, means maybe a couple different things, but the two most common contexts for that is one, um, the glory of God or the evidence of God. Isaiah 6, what's, what do they sing? Holy, 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 the whole earth is full of his glory. Look at the mountains, it's the evidence of God. What's he saying? You need evidence, come to the manger. You need to believe there's a God who cares about people like you. Come to the manger. And then he says glory and it also refers to the manifest presence of God there was this ark this golden box and above that bark box dwelt the manifest presence of God the glory of God he says if you if you want to see God if you want to be in the presence of God come to the manger glory to God in the highest heaven the most evidence you're ever going to get of God is in this baby Jesus the most presence you're ever going to see of God is in, in this baby Jesus and it says peace on earth to people he favors and, and, and this same God has come to bring peace not between me and you but between God and me between me and God to anybody who would find his grace when the angel had left them and returned into heaven the, the shepherds said to one another let's go straight to Bethlehem and see what has happened which the Lord has made known to us probably look around for a minute like I'm not saying anything maybe nobody saw that I'm probably crazy and then when they realize everybody's mouth's open like what just happened they're like we got to go see this baby we got to get to Bethlehem and it says in 16 they hurried off and found both Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the feeding trough and after seeing them they reported the message they were told about this child here's what happened they heard the message, and the message moved them out of the fields into the presence of God. The, these, these guys who, who were counted out and, and, and who were told, you're, you're never going to get to God here in just a few moments through the message of the gospel were transported from a place of I can't get to God to now I'm in the presence of God. That's the, that's the story of Christmas. I know we want to make it about this manger thing and we want to like make it about the little wise men and the shepherds and we want to make it a cute little thing with this cute little angel. But what was God doing at Christmas? God was saying, you can't get to me. So I'm coming to you. See, the truth of it is today, we want to, we want to break people up into classes and say this person can get to God and this person can't get to God and this person's good enough and this person's not good enough. But the reality of it is none of us are good enough. Well, what, is the, what does the word of God say? All of us have fallen short of the glory of God. Every single one of us is not God, is what it's saying. You ain't God, and I ain't God. You can't get to God, and I can't get to God. It's just reality. Maybe some of us are living in this place where we're like, I think I can, I can work there. I think I can be good enough or I think I can clean up enough. Well, here's, here's the truth of the message. The message was never clean up enough or get good enough or act good enough because you can't do it. The message was always you can't get to God. So God stepped down to you. That, that's the story of Christmas, isn't it? You, you aren't good enough. You, you are going to get passed over. You are going to get looked over. People are not going to notice you all the time. 
But there's a God in heaven who notices you. There's a God in heaven who noticed you so much that he, in, in his love for you, stepped out of heaven and stepped down into a place where we could relate to. He come to the lowest of the low because he knows that really when I figure it out, I'm going to realize I'm the lowest of the low. And he says the same thing tonight that he said to these guys over and over and over and over again. Hey, I got great news for you. And this news, if you'll just listen to it, if you'll hear it, it's going to bring you great joy. There's a Savior who's not far from here. And today is the day. You don't have to get better. You don't have to clean your life up. You don't have to change your clothes. And you don't even have to start coming to church. You just need this Savior. There's a Savior here today. And all of creation has propelled us to this moment where I'm going to step up into your space and I'm going to say these words. There's the gospel for you. And here it is. There's a Savior near you who's the Messiah, and he was born for you so that you could come. You couldn't get to God, so God came to you. And today, if you want to come to God, if you want to be moved into the presence of God, all you got to do is just say, God, you know what? I'm going to trust in your message. God, I, I believe what you're saying. God, I, I know that I need a Savior. I know, I know that I'm not good. There's nothing good in me or about me. But God, I know that in your goodness, you've made a way for me. So Father, tonight, if, if you'll have me, I'm coming to you.